Okay, before we get into it, uh, Twitter, Instagram, plugs, anything you got to promote, your band, how can people find you, all the good stuff, go ahead and give it to them up top. Yeah, for any fans of old school pop punk, uh, we like um, bands like Ryan K, Sun 41, Newfound Glory, Blink-182, old school stuff like that. You can find my band Faded Youth, Faded Youth on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook, and you can find us on YouTube, people, people still do YouTube, right? Yeah, for sure. This will be on YouTube. Okay, this will be on YouTube. So you can find this on YouTube as well. Um, I do open mics, Zachary Doyle's, every now and then. That's where I'm at right now. I don't have any shows coming up, but if I ever do, please follow my pages. Follow me on Instagram at every... My my Instagram name is French Fries and Oreos. <laughs> it's French, underspace, fries, underspace, you know, and Oreos. And it's really easy to find me. Um Facebook, Zachary Doyle's, Snapchat, you can add me on Snapchat, uh, my name is Nostalzak27 on Snapchat, yeah, that's about it. Nostalzak, that's pretty cool, why, why French fries and Oreos for your Instagram? Because uh, I, I just grew up on like Adam Sandler movies. What's that? It's, it's for Mr. Deeds. Whenever, whenever he hands uh, Steve Buscemi's uh, uh, crazy eyes, his character, uh-huh. he, he hands him a pizza through the jail cell, and uh, Steve Steve Buscemi is like French fries and Oreos. You know me all too well, Deeds. Oh, okay, okay. I, I just, it's just a homage to like to like the movies I uh, grew up on. No, that's cool, man. Uh, so, Faded Youth. How long have you been doing that? I've been playing bass for Faded Youth. We started in 2013, 2014. We're rocking it for a couple of years, then we took a little hiatus, then we got back together probably like two or three years ago. Completely new lineup. The only original members are uh, me and the singer Mac Withrow. And Max, uh, be- between that time, Mac was just in a bunch of indie bands playing house shows or, you know, whatever, whatever he can uh, play here in San Antonio. And he had messaged me while I was at work. It was just another late night at work. I I, uh, I was working at H E B and he just messaged me asking asking if he if I'd be open to um starting up Faded Youth again with him. And I was like, Yes, dude, I'm down. And like he, he even asked he even told me he was like, Zach, I'm serious. I was like, No, I know you are, I'm down. <laughs> Cause yeah. like I, I didn't have anything going on. I was just you know, just working full time. I was tired as fuck, but I, I know that I still wanted to pursue some some type of passion in my life, so we've been doing that ever since, and we've put out a music video, at least three singles. Ever since we got back together, we had to we've gone through like two drummers. We're looking for a drummer right now. We got we went through one guitarist, and it's just a complete. It's always like a a rotating door. Yeah, revolving door. That's revolving door. That's there you go. that's like usually how it is for like the music scene or just like art in general. People, you know, there's always people coming and going who like kind of grow out of something and they want to pursue something else. So, but uh, I just love making pop punk. I've always loved it ever since I was. Uh, I got into it to like the early two thousands for my older brother Joshua. Um, uh, he he would always play all these CDs whenever my dad would drop us off at work, like early like uh, drive through records bands like mm-hmm. Finch, Census Fail, Newfound Glory, and he would play Lincoln Park. 
that's kind of how I got into the early 2000s warp tour mall emo band type of sound damn 2000s so you're you're you just turned 30 right yeah 10 30 and 26 november man so you're kind of young dude uh fate of youth is that the only band that you've done yeah i've done like uh, a lot of bands like growing up like i was in countless bands just just because i love playing music and i I grew up in a small town so it was either that or like you know start doing math yeah but uh, uh i just we would have shows down at the park by my house and that's where I saw a bunch of older bands playing growing up, like uh, my brother's friends. I would always sneak out to go see his bands play there. And it was not that far of a walk from my house at all. So it was always fun sneaking out. There's always like a little rebellious uh, aspect to it that I always liked about just like sneaking out to go see all these rock bands play. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to keep going whenever I got older and I was able to like, you know, run out the park by myself and... Uh, Ask ask my own uh, friends' bands to play, so we would always do that. And I was in countless bands, punk bands, and I was in metalcore bands as well. And I was just all over the place. But uh, really, pop punk is like pop pop punk or punk rock is like my you know that's my home base really. You ever done any tours with these bands? No, we almost went on a tour last year, but our uh, I think our singer just had some problems. I, I, I honestly forgot what the reason was, but I was, I've always wanted to go on tour. I've always liked being on the road, yeah. which is, which is like one of the, which is one of the, uh, one of the attractions to my job right now is that I, I deliver for HEB. And like that, that's the only cool part about it. I, I like to tell myself that I'm on the road, but I'm just fucking delivering tortillas. So be, because the band stuff didn't work out, is that what in like, influenced you to start doing comedy start doing open mics yeah that's because it's on your own schedule exactly that's literally what what i want to say it's i'm on my own schedule i can just like wake up write some jokes down whatever i'm thinking about and just try it out and just like build a set slowly but i've always liked the idea of just always being on the move and just like always have something to look forward to i'm just it's like recently i just turned 30 and i just don't like being like home all the time i just want to be you know hanging out or just making somebody laugh I just that's just the entertainer in me yeah because even like you know those like those like school like uh i don't know if they're called like aptitude tests or whatever they would make you take them in junior high to see what you want to to see what you're going to be in life or Mm -hmm. or what you want to be and mine was always i think mine was like entertainer or comedian (laughs) it says that on the test (laughs) yeah well it said entertainer yeah yeah but i could be making up the 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 comedian you know just for like no but the fact that it says entertainer like there's an actual test that says whether or not you'd be good at being an entertainer that's that's pretty funny i don't know if i I mean i've been out of high school so long (laughs) i don't even know what test i took uh not, it doesn't matter i don't remember any of it uh what was your your start in uh open micing like what was uh how did you get started finally tandem tandem yeah i think it, you, you're probably there that night um it was the beginning of it was around the beginning of this year and i had uh, just had i've always had people telling me i, I should do open mics because i would always like especially around like the pandemic we had and like this like recent like political season we had I was always just writing jokes, making fun of people on Facebook, and just people would always tell me, just like, you know, you should try and make something out of this. Yeah. So I, I tried tandem, and I got, it was a, I got a good response. I think I did. I didn't record it or anything. I should have, just to, but yeah. I felt good coming off it, because people were laughing, and, um, you know, there, there's still awkwardness, obviously, in my presentation, in the air, but I, I, I just love the fact that people were actually laughing. 
Yeah. And I've just kind of been going uh, from there. I stopped for a little bit for for a good while afterwards, because I uh, I think I think like the second night, the second uh, open mic attempt, because you always I, I I've heard from some uh, comics that they do a good. Uh, uh, first round. The first time is always the best. And then the second time, they fucking start bombing. Yeah, the first time is always the best because one, you're just you're just happy that you did it. Yep. And if you got like one laugh in five minutes, you're like, I fucking, I'm yes. doing this thing. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I remember exactly. And it, yeah, that's what it is because, again, you're just proud of yourself for actually doing it. Yep. You survived. You had fun doing it. You got a laugh or two, and you're thinking, this is fucking amazing. And then you go back to, or you go to a different mic. Was it still the same tandem? Was it still yeah, the same spot? Yeah, it was spot? tandem, but afterwards I did, um, it was the open mic at um, Oak Hills Tavern. Oh, yeah, but man. Oak Hills is rough. I did, uh, because because you're literally playing by the side of the road. It's, yeah. It's open air, and there's freaking like, domestic violence happening right there next to you. And it was hosted by a writer, I believe. Yeah. And um, I... I was going a little improv-y. It was my first time at improv, and I said, like, the worst thing you could ever say in, like, a 2021 crowd, a progressive, you know, environment. I said, like, oh, I, I had said, <laughs> I had said some stupid shit, like, uh, I was talking about, uh, I was trying to make a joke about uh, Governor Abbott and, like, the whole abortion thing, and me, a man, I said, but somebody has to stand up for the women. Yeah. I said that, and, you know, I, I'm a guy, so... I, I just heard a bunch of groans and all that afterwards. And, and, and that was the first time my friend had recorded me. I was ever recorded. Mm. So the first time I've ever been recorded was me bombing. And I heard all the groans in the recording and I never posted that video. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So I, I like had, I stopped for a little bit just out of embarrassment. But then I just got back into it. You know, people are, people are, are going to groan at you. How long of a break was that? Probably like two months. Too much. It really affected me. I don't know. It, it, it really messed me up. But 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 then I just you know I was still writing jokes in my head, um, and um, I, I just wanted to get, to get back at it. You know, uh, just jokes. They're not for everybody. You know, it's like comedy's relative to each person. So you're gonna find your group, even if it's like a small uh, niche of uh, of uh, people who like your humor. But yeah, it, it's still out there. You just gotta. You still have to be prepared to own what you say. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was pretty similar to mine too. My first time was good. The second time, I went to a room with just nothing but comics and complete silence, and I, I cried and I quit for about four months. Dude, yeah, make, and making other comics laugh is the hardest. It's thing impossible. It's it's impossible. One because they 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 don't they don't really care. They're not really listening. Yeah. Um, and yeah, other comics don't really laugh at other comics, really. Because most of the time, they can see your punchline coming. That, or maybe they've they've heard you do the same thing. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, and it's not really like I don't know. It's not like uh, to, they're not trying to bully you, trying to be mean and stuff. It's just like that's just how open mics work. You know, yeah. you're you're there to perform in front of the crowd. If there's a crowd, my second time there was no crowd, and uh, it was. Pretty painful. I didn't realize all that before. I was like, man, these people fucking hate me, dude. And uh, I took it pretty hard, and I stopped. And uh, I was pretty uh, pretty mad because, like, I was upset with myself because I had, for five months, five months before even going up, I was just, like, trying to convince myself, convince myself, 
and then did two times and then I stopped. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, all that build up just to fucking quit. Uh, but I got back into it and uh, having fun doing it, man. Yeah, I, like honestly, one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite open mics to perform at is uh, Upstage, and but I bomb there probably most of the time because like by the time I go up, it's first of all it's open mic. Yeah, and uh, it's still it's still like a new club, so it's still like you know the audience is still building, but uh, every time I, I go up, it's mostly comedians in the back, and and you know I don't get any laughs from them. Yeah, probably like. When I started out in tandem, my first show, I heard uh, I, I had a comedian compliment one of my jokes. I was like, okay, thank, appreciate that, man. And, yeah. I, and I actually, I actually complimented him on stage. I was, I was like, I stopped my joke to say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, uh, but upstage, even though I, I love that venue, you know, I, I've 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 bombed there a lot of times. Yeah. I just, but I I just love going there. I, I know one day the crowds are gonna be right, and I'll be able to have a decent set. Yeah, but that's like one of the things that I've like heard from uh, because like prior to like starting, you know, doing comedy or, or open mics. I don't know if it, if it was the same for you, but me, I watched the bunch of comedy documentaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I watched the I watched the Comedy Store documentary on Showtime. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of get me hyped for doing uh, open mics, and it, it was it was a uh, Jay Leno, I believe, who said that um, if you want to if 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 a joke does good at one at one stage, then you immediately go to another venue, like the next day or the next week, just to, just just to see how it works with that with that crowd. And mm-hmm. if you get it, like what, two out of three, then then it's a good joke. But if it's just one one laugh from one venue, then you might want to throw it away. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I just I'm still up in the air of like my old like um, uh, comedy theory of like how to write jokes or like what to give up or what not to give up. Mm-hmm. It's just it's hard because I I feel like I have a good uh, I feel like I good I I feel like I could have a good uh, basis for a joke, and then I say it on stage and like nothing happens and that kind of just makes me feel nervous so I just kind of just stop the joke altogether I don't add much to it mm-hmm. even even when I get back like to my house like I don't try and punch it up just because it bombed right away even though that's that's probably not a good way to look at it. No, man, you can't give up on something just because somebody didn't react to it. If you think it's funny, you got to find the funny in it. Yeah, and that's why it's good to record. Uh, because you may say the same joke different. You may have a different pause. You may have a different inflection. You may use, use different words uh, in place of other words, you know? Like, you're always, you're always changing it. You're always working on it uh, until it gets the reaction that, that you want from it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's there's people that just give up on stuff if it doesn't work the first time that they. I mean, I've done it too a lot, you know. It's like, oh, it's bullshit, but <laughs> you know, that's that's why the recording, the listening back, even the watching yourself uh, and taking notes and just rewriting stuff and like psyching yourself up to like say it again, try it again at a different time, a different mic, yeah. with different people. Um, yeah, man, but uh, you. And I know that you're working on it. Like you, you work with your notebook, and I yeah. think that could be uh, hard too. You know, connect, you're not really connecting with the audience. You're like in your in your book and all that stuff. And again, it could be if that's how you work. That's how you work. You know, like maybe that's your stick. You know, bringing out a notebook and all this stuff. I don't know. I don't know anything about nothing. Mm, no, but, no, it's definitely not my stick. I don't want it to be a stick. It just. All I've done so far are open mics, and I see people with papers on on the open mic stage. So I feel like 
I can use Notebook for open mics at least. But if I ever like get like you know an actual legit show, I definitely will have stuff memorized mm-hmm. because I really want to be like you know part of like you know I I want to be as close to the real thing as I can be with my jokes. Yeah, but you got to look at the open mics as a performance as well. I mean, you got to be up there and not really be. I mean, if it's a new joke, yeah, like you got to read it out if you need to. But you're also working on like your pacing, your timing of the jokes that you already that you already know. Yeah, you know, and see how that see how that works. But I mean, you're you're pretty new to it. Like when I saw you, I thought that you had been doing it for a while. Uh, but you you said you're pretty new to it. Yeah, it's still learning, still having fun with it. Definitely still having fun. Like if it's if it's not fun, then I probably want to do it. But I like going to open mics and and then afterwards meeting new comics. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go back into music, man. Like, what, so in these bands, what do you? What, what's your instrument? Uh, for pop punk, uh, for this band, Fade to Youth, I just played bass. I was playing guitar. I started playing guitar in junior high, and my mom, my mom and dad got me a, like a pawn shop guitar, and I, I was really into it for like six years. Throughout like junior high and high school, I would play like high school talent shows with that guitar, and. Mm. Uh, then afterwards, I figured if I can play guitar, I could play bass. And my, um, my band, Faded Youth, they were looking for a bass player like around 2013, 2014. And I, I was like, I can do that. So I just like learned the song real quick. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was playing like everything on like a higher octave. But it was, I was like one out of two people who tried out. And the other person was like just fucking god awful from, from what I heard. Yeah. And um, they like accepted me. And they kind of taught me the actual chords, but it was it was it was a it was a good feeling just like being in a band like that and actually having like original songs. Yeah, and uh, we we played shows uh, pretty soon afterwards. Like we've uh, been like to Laredo, Fredericksburg, um, you know, here at San Marcos. Um, yeah, that's really all I can think of. All the places we've been. Yeah. But uh, I, I just, like I said, I just love being on the road and, like, having, like, you know, typical band banter, like, musician banter with friends, just talking shit about, you know, each other, like, talking shit about movies. It's just cool. It's, I don't know, it's just like a, it, it's a nice thing meeting different kinds of people when, yeah. when, you're, when, you're, on, when you're on the road. Yeah. What, what bands, though, got you into, like, wanting to actually pick up a guitar or pick up a bass? Um, just to play music in general, I was... Just to play music in general, it was, I was getting ready for school. I was waiting for my brothers to get ready for school. And usually... How big is your family? I have, five, I have five brothers. You're the youngest? No, I'm the middle. A middle, okay. So I have two older brothers, two younger brothers. And I was waiting for my brothers to get ready for school. I believe I was still in junior high. So I still had one older brother in the house and two younger brothers. My, my oldest brother had already moved out. He was, I think he was in the, he was in the army around then. Um, but... um. I was watching MTV Two, and this this mu- this music video came up of this of this little kid walking through a library, and he walks onto this uh, this tall stack of books, and um, there, there's a door that he walks through, and the door says "Used Bookstore," and he he's walking through this library, and he opens this book, and just like a very like uh, kind of like a solemn guitar intro comes in, and you, you you're. Uh, the, um, this animation takes over the, the entire video and you get sucked into the music video and the whole band is uh, comes in is coming in at this point and 
I just love this song. And I, I was like, I love this sound. And that was my first introduction to not only emo music, but that was my introduction to my first favorite band of all time, The Used. Mm. I love The Used. And, you know, they're, they've, they inspired me from that time, from, from that moment on to just want to make music uh, for myself and just to, you know, like kind of emote on stage. And I, I, I just always loved uh, The Used for forever like mm. like i would um i i uh like i remember for christmas one one night my uh my, my family had uh got me this cd dvd of the use it was like from their first album like they had just started out and they had like recorded themselves uh play this live set and it was a, a dvd of like all their live songs plus bonus tracks and I, I couldn't wait till Christmas, so I took the present out under the Christmas tree, <laughs> like two days before, and I opened it, and I, I listened to the whole CD, and I watched the whole DVD, then I wrapped it and put it back under the Christmas tree. Oh, wow, dude, that's funny. You already knew that it, what you were going to get, so you yeah. unwrapped it, watched it, and wrapped it back up. Yeah, I, I just couldn't wait, because I, I, I loved that band immensely at the time, <laughs> and I still do. Yeah. I still do, but that, that band really, if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I'd be right now. It's probably like a little bit naive to say right now. No, nah, man, I get that. I mean, you connected with that. You found them later on though, because that video was like probably from their third album or something. Yeah, it was from their it was it was from their In Love and Death album, which came out in two thousand and four. That was their second album. Mm-hmm. The first album was uh, self titled. That came out in like two thousand two thousand and one. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, that was that that was that was a good time in my life. You know, just for as as far as music and uh, just like making friends based off of, you know, just um I'd wear a bunch of band tees and like they would see my band tees at junior high and like I would have the I would have a shirt that said the use mm. and I and I'll just have other emos come up to me like, Hey I like that band and I've I still have a lot of good friendships based off of uh just like liking the same bands, liking the same yeah. music. And we all still keep in touch. That's funny. I've never heard of them called the emos, like the emo kids or whatever. But like a bunch of emos would come up to me and go like, I like your shirt. Yeah, it, <laughs> it changes. People just like putting labels on things just to make it easier to like understand or like uh, just to call them out. But, but yeah, that's really, it's really all the same thing. Like emo is sort of for emotional, but yeah. realize you realize uh, all music is emotional. So yeah. It all has emotion attached to it, uh, but just like because of it, the genre of the like the post hardcore hardcore you know and no, core stuff. It was the aesthetic that kind of made it more uh, easier to call out than other genres because these guys you know these are like manorexic skinny guys kind of with eyeliner and eyeshadow and like tight uh, tight shirts. Did you ever do that? Did you do the guy liner? I never did the guy liner. I actually. I didn't even start wearing skinny jeans until after I graduated high school. It was mostly just the band tees. I would have girls probably braid my hair, but that's probably just something else. <laughs> um, that's a good joke. <laughs> but um, uh, no, I, I never really did any of the any of the you know of the super uh, cringy stuff like snake bites or like you know the, uh, I know some of the emo guys they'd put like. Uh, like flower type of uh, hairpins in their hair, just to, just to be more like you know, uh, uh, feminine. But that really wasn't me at the time. I I just, I just liked wearing band tees and baggy pants. It was it was more of a grungy approach to being an emo kid. Were you into grunge? Yeah, I mean just just like the basic bands. Like I never really 
got that much into it, you know, so like uh, Nirvana. So you were into rock music. You just didn't want to play until you saw the used video. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I always loved uh, rock music, like uh, growing up. Be- before I got into the used, I, I, I had already loved Foo Fighters. Uh-huh. I loved I love the darkness and I love Nirvana. Yeah. It's like those three bands and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh-huh. Like all those music videos that would play in the early mornings on MTV in the early 2000s. Yeah. I loved all that stuff. And I just, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of uh, where I was at that point. And then I just took it from there and kind of just wanted to find my own identity. And that's kind of how I discovered the used. And early 2000s, was that middle school for you? Yeah. Wow, man. You're so young. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, was any of your brothers like into music or any like your your parents were they into music? Like playing instruments or anything like that? Um not really. Uh my brother Joshua, he was the one who kinda got me into emo screamo because he would play, you know, a, a bunch of early emo bands. So I would always ask him to burn me CDs. Like, yeah. I, I would ask him late at night and I, I wouldn't sleep until he made me the C D. And it was very awkward for him because I was right there next to his room. So I would knock on his door like, "Hey, are you done with the CD yet?" Because I would like write a list and like put it under his, uh, put it under his door to to make for me. And you know, he he had LimeWire at the time, and he was just burning CDs. So it was cool. It, it was cool be, uh, being able to kind of have that kind of bond with him because yeah. he, if it wasn't for him, it, it would have been a lot harder for me to have uh, bands to get into around uh, whenever emo was barely starting up. Yeah. And uh, also, there was um, even before the early MTV days. I I remember my dad. He used to deliver newspapers across town and like neighboring towns, and it was like a big yellow truck, a big old school yellow truck. Mm-hmm. And he would uh, he would like uh, he would listen to shit like Eddie Money and Fog Hat and ACDC mm-hmm. on a on his little tape deck. And I just remember like uh, cruising around. Like whenever whenever the sun was going down and you're seeing and you're seeing that sunset on like country roads and mm-hmm. just listening to this like Eddie Money and it's, it's, that was also a good vibe as well. That was my first uh, kind of introduction to like rock and just like you know pop um, melody type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you had young parents; they were young. I guess like when they had you. Yeah, because my oldest brother Vince, he's he's he was pretty old and. I know my, my, my mom was actually pretty young when she had him. And like there was a whole there was a whole different house that I never even grew up in before I was born. Yeah. So it was just him and my and my older brother Josh my second oldest brother Josh. So yeah. Um I think my dad came here from Mexico. Like my grandpa was already here for like several years and he finally got the papers to get them to come over. Mm. And he came over and my dad finally came over here and he met my mom. And my, my dad's family is already really big, and my mom's family is already really big. So, mm-hmm. and uh, like my dad's the only son out of like seven, six or seven daughters. Yeah, which is you know, which is funny because like he had no, he had nothing but boys, and I think his dad had want, had wanted nothing but boys. <laughs> so it's just it's just a nice little contrast. Yeah. But no, but like they were, they were still young enough that they were enjoying like kind of like the cool music, the cool rock. Yeah, like they were like old old music. Listening Actually, to honestly, I think my mom's really into like a lot of that seventies uh, or eighties disco music. Cause yeah, there are there are a lot of times there where I just hear her listening to that, and I don't mind that either. Yeah, but really, uh, this I I think they like listen to like a lot a lot of surface 
like surface level, a uh, surface level beginner rock uh, bands, which I, I didn't mind at the time because I was because I was still a little kid. But I, I was I was around it enough to realize that I had liked rock as a genre, mm-hmm. and whatever like uh, genres branched out of rock, I was still pretty much going to be into. Yeah. So, so like whether it was like metal, emo, folk, or indie, uh, I was just. I was kind of jamming it all. Like if if you go to emo nights at, at Brass Monkey, which is what I do uh, at, at the end of every month, the, the last Wednesday, every Circus Survive is one of those big bands in San Antonio. They're like Deftones status. Like a lot of kids, a lot of people go crazy over fucking Circus Survive. So I was definitely uh, well introduced to the, uh, to them throughout my upbringing. Like I love listening to them as well. And then and and then. Um, because um, I first heard of Seosin. Yeah. I first heard Seosin, and then I heard that the that, that the original singer was like a lot better, and I was like, how can how can anything be better than Voices? Because Voices came out with the new singer. And I was like, this is an amazing song. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that there is like another like uh, there is better music with a different singer made, made by this band? Yeah. And they said yes. Check out you know check out Anthony Green. Check out Circus Survive. And I did. I was like, "Holy crap! This guy has a great voice." And I, I actually had, I think, one of the last shows I ever saw it was of Anthony Green. Uh, I, I saw them at, I saw them in Austin, at part of this like little offshoot tour of Warp Tour. Warp Tour just ended, but you, you can tell that these were this was an attempt to bring it back, but under a different name. So I saw the Used, Thrice, Circus Survive, Story So Far. Bands like that and um, Circus Survive had played, and uh, and um, I just I love Anthony Green, and I can I I can always be down to jam his music. Yeah, I saw Circus Survive at it was it used to be called Sin Thirteen now it's a Takaria now, yeah. uh, right off of McCullough, but I saw them with no more than twenty people in the audience, and I never heard of them before, and they like they they performed as if and it's a small stage it was a small stage and you know in the corner of the room and they performed as if like the place was sold out it was fucking mind-blowing and stuff uh yeah dude they were one of those bands that you really had to know if you wanted if you wanted to talk to like hot emo girls because emo girls love circus survive (laughs) yeah it could be about like the the girls, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but uh, that's just what, that, that's one thing I learned after liking Circus Survive. I, I didn't like them because emo girls liked them, but I realized that because I had already liked them, I could have a, a lot better conversations with these emo girls. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the translating the name from Seosan was really yep. fucking amazing. And then to see them play live, and then he quit the band shortly after that tour. Mm-hmm. And then it was a couple of years later that he, he started with the Circus Survive one. Uh they're a good band. I I was only into like their first couple of albums. The first album was really amazing, and then I just kind of lost touch with it. Not well, not not really quite sure why I fell off with the Circus Survive. It could probably be a part of changing because because uh, uh, around the same time, whenever they were getting big, uh, it was also like like you know, bands like The Used and Thursday, Mike Cam, Taking Back Sunday. They were also getting big at the same time. A bunch of a bunch of bands like that was when the bubble had bursted. Was the early two thousands, the mid two thousands? Yeah, the bubble had bursted. And you can tell which sound you know was a lucrative sound. So a bunch of bands wanted to do that, um, and Cir- and Circus Survive 
they were able to like etch out their own sound, but still be just as like uh, widely recognizable as a as a staple band of the emo culture. Mm-hmm. And that's what and that's what I always liked about them is that even though even though they're, they're all part of the same genre, um, they were able to just create their own unique sound. Like, mm-hmm. like you can go from the used to Circus Survive, and they're completely different, but people still call them emo bands. Different voice. Anthony Green's voice is very unique, and he actually talks like that. Like he has yeah. a very high pitched talking voice, which is very like I don't know. Sometimes like the singing voice doesn't really make sense. Like it's it sounds like it's painful, and then you hear his talking voice, and mm-hmm. you're like, well, he has no other choice but to sound like that. Poor guy. He's literally just talking on the mic. He's not even singing. Yeah. Uh, really good band. Uh, there was one thing I was gonna say. Hmm. Damn. But yeah, no, I've like, I've always been into band, bands like that. Um, in in the early Warp Tour days, they, they also had a good uh, uh, exposition of like punk rock bands. Mm-hmm. Like they would have Social Distortion, Against Me, uh, you know, Rise Against, No Effects, Bouncing Souls, Rancid, Casualties. They have good punk bands, uh, and I also love that aspect. I actually miss that aspect of of, of Warp Tour. But I, I was able to get into a lot of different types of rock because of just like those early Warp Tour compilation CDs, like 2004 to, uh, to 2007. Mm-hmm. I would buy those CDs and I would hang up the lyrics on my walls and like all, all of the album art, I, I would hang that on my walls. And I just love not, not only emo music, but just like, you know, the whole uh, punk rock uh, aesthetic of, of Warp Tour in the early days. Were you a sad kid because you listened to emo music, or did you listen to emo music because you were a sad kid? I feel like it it, it, it did probably prolong my sadness more than it should have been. There's probably some uh, naivety to me being like sad, like I'm doing this to myself, like it's really not that bad. But at the same time, I always wore my heart on my sleeve. And I think it was just like uh, something that was like meant to happen. Like I was meant to find emo music because I was getting my heart broken a lot, and uh, just emo music was, was a nice was, it was a nice escape for me. Mm-hmm. So I was it, it was it was probably a mixed bag. Like it probably didn't help, but at the same time I didn't really care because it was it was kind of like my own catharsis. It was like a double edged sword kind of. Mm-hmm. So I I felt good about it. And then, like, the next day, I would just kind of just go through the same motions all over again. Yeah. When you went to the emo night, have you been to the one where... Uh, there was only one that I've been to, and it was with uh, Shane from uh, Silverstein. He was doing the DJ set. Yeah, that was at Brass Monkey. I actually had COVID around that time. Did you go to that one still? No, I didn't go to that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> COVID, dude. <laughs> I, was, I don't know. People were going out with COVID all the time. That's how it's nah, dude, getting yeah. past. I was really, I was really into like you know the 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 COVID struggle, dude. I was, it was really bad. And um, but no, I, I wish I I was able to go. But I, it was a good time. My friends dropped me off a shirt. You know, they were kind of keeping their own little social distance. And then I, I brought it back into my room and I sprayed it down with Lysol. Mm. My shirt, I sprayed it down like both sides. Yeah. Just because, just because, um, you know, I had to be safe. I, I was still going through it, but that that was that was the first time they ever had like a like a special guest star for for that emo night event at Brass Monkey. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Like it was packed. It was packed. There was a line a line around the building and stuff. Yep. 
we got to get in because uh, Brendan is friends with, with Shane. And uh, so we, we showed up late. And I've never been to one of those emo nights before, but the people were going crazy. It was so much fun, man. I think yeah. that was like the, the first time that I was in a crowded bar like that. Because, of course, I went out, you know, mask and all that stuff. Yeah. But to see so many people in a small... Moshing. Moshing to videos. Yes. Not even a live band. They were no. moshing to videos. It's, I, it is weird when you're on the outside looking in. But if you've just been going to Brass Monkey for a while, it's so easy to feed off the vibe because the Brass Monkey, it's it's a small venue. Mm-hmm. So it, it's easier to like get comfortable, especially in a big crowd and with like all these music videos kind of setting the mood and the aesthetic and the fog machine and everybody's drinking. Yeah. It's so easy just to, just, just to start pushing some people because I'm always in the mosh pit. Yeah. I love, I love being right in the middle of everything. When I first started going to Emo Nights, I was really like a fly on the wall. But uh, drinking... Uh, kind of just made me feel more comfortable with, yeah. with just like, you know, uh, living my, my best life out there at a Brass Monkey. Yeah, man, it was just crazy that people were, like, because I, I, I get in the pit, I get to do the mosh pit, but like at live shows, you know, yeah. I don't do it so much anymore. I think I hurt myself at the last one. My back is still fucking messed up. But uh, yeah, dude, it was so wild to see them <laughs> like get down on, on like on music videos. Honestly, like, I, music videos. It's, it's not any different than like people like do a, like doing two stepping, like a thirsty horse, you know. No, there's a difference. I mean, like, cause like you're you you're moved by like the loudness, by the live aspect of it. I mean, that's that's what I thought. I thought you know you get carried away because you're watching people get carried away on stage, and so you're inspired to start moving and slamming. For me, and all that for stuff. me, it's about like just like the music just like translates differently. Like, dude, like wherever you are, uh, music's gonna make you probably feel probably the same way. And if everybody up if enough people around you feel the same then everybody's gonna feed off of that vibe yeah so there could be a live band and there should be a live band most of the time but uh at brass monkey it's just like um it's it's just just the same as people like you know uh, doing the gumbia at like tejano nights they're like doing their own little dances to like just like a dj this is like, this is our cumbia fucking moshing people w- without a live band. I don't know. That was the first time I saw that. Like, <laughs> yeah, to like a DJ set, a video when they were just moshing, going at it. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was crazy, dude. What was funny is that like he he was playing. He was he was on a roll, man, playing like all hits, the hits, hits after hits after hits. Motion City soundtrack, yes. you know, Paramore, Taking Back Sunday, and then he's like, I got a special request. This guy is on like whatever uh, Patreon thing that he's on, and he puts on a uh, boys' night out. I don't know what track it is, but <laughs> it's from "Make Yourself Sick," and everybody stood still, like nobody knew what was going on. That's a little too old for them. Yeah, dude, and I, I liked it. I was like singing along, and, and Brendan because Brendan was there and, and Joey was there, and. Uh, and I was just like jamming out, singing along, and Brandon's like, "Dude, nobody knows this song." I was yeah. like, "I know this song." It's funny because, like, in the beginning of the emo nights, is whenever they play all the older pop punk bands. So they'll play shit like Alistair and Phoenix, Texas. Yeah, all these old and like nobody knows them, and I'm just there to just kind of like singing to myself because I'm essentially there because uh, the emo phase got a lot probably a lot bigger after I had graduated high school. So yeah, so a lot more kids. Uh, a lot more of the younger generation uh, are coming out to these brass monkey shows, so I'm kind of like 
I'm kind of the old guard. Yeah. And, you know, that just makes you seem older. <laughs> no, man, I felt so out of place. I really did. But, I mean, a lot of the stuff was from, like, early 2000s. Yeah. You know, early, like, like all, all, the, all, the, all the music that they were playing, I knew. It was just, like, these kids are into it. I was like, this, this used to belong to me. <laughs> and now y'all are just, y'all have the energy to fuck with it and have mosh pits with it and all that stuff. It was cool. I don't know if I would do it again. I, I mean, I, I, Randy told me about it, and I was like, yeah, I'll go check it out. Because that, that's all it was, is somebody like playing videos. I was like, yeah, I guess that's cool. But the vibe was really cool, man. Yes, dude. And to, it was just wild that they were like slam dancing and like moshing and all that stuff to music videos. I was like, it's, there's, the band's not here. Like, the band's not there, but there's music videos all, all like, there's like what, probably like five or six TVs and they're surrounding yeah, you. Yeah. And just like I said, it's, it's a venue that size. It's so much easier because like, First of all, I'm a part of this Facebook page called I'm a moderator for the San Antonio Emo Kids. Uh-huh. So, and a lot of those people go out to the Brass Monkey Emo Nights. So we, we kind of already know each other. We're all comfortable with each other. Mm. So it's, like, it's a lot easier for us to moss with each other because of that fact. Yeah. Like we're just there posting emo memes or talking to each other, like asking when the next emo night is going to be. So uh, we and we like plan meetups there. So it, it's a lot easier for us to get comfortable there nowadays. Yeah. Because of the, you know, because of shit like Facebook. Yeah, whenever I'm not posting, you know, you know, fucking jokes or like trying out my jokes on Facebook, I'm always on the email page. <laughs> so that's it, just, that's just kind of like my whole duality. I'm just like an email kid, and I'm also an, you know, an aspiring stand-up comic. Yeah. Uh, what are your What are your plans on that? Do you have any? You said you don't have any shows coming up. You're not trying to book any shows. You're just doing the open mics. Yeah, I'm just doing open mics, trying to build my, you know, like you said, uh, my whole presentation, my my cadence, everything, my uh, delivery process, kind of figure out how to work a crowd first, how to improvise. And like I, I'm still really uh, green around the gills towards all this, but I know people like my jokes. Yeah. You know, at least you know for for now, at least. Uh, I have the elbow room later tonight. I'm gonna go do that okay. and just just try out and hang out with Drew Blues and cousin Berto and all of them. Just you know, it's it's uh you you have to keep up with it because if you hang out with other comedians, it also makes you a better comedian. Like, yeah, you guys can bounce jokes off of each other, or like you can like uh, just like find a punchline that wasn't there. It's 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 weird because like sometimes it's just unspoken hanging out with other comedians like, just like something uh, comes across through the airwaves and it hits you and you're just like oh yeah I could end it like this, like I don't know if it's like indirectly or like subconsciously mm. just hanging out with other comedians especially real seasoned comedians it it, it it makes you, it just makes you comfortable more comfortable being like yourself as a comedian. Mm-hmm. What about uh, with music? Do you have anything coming up with the music thing? Any uh, more releases? Any more shows or tours with that? No, they haven't. Like, I have a group chat with the band, but we don't really talk. We're not, we're not talking about that right now. We were talking about, we were talking about doing a Christmas song, but I don't know if that's still happening. I haven't heard any updates about that. So it's really just like I, I, I'm just whenever that whenever uh, they're ready, I'm ready. Like I, I always love playing uh, playing music and. But right now I'm just kind of substituting that with open mics. But open mics just are slowly, just comedy in general is slowly starting to take over my life a lot more. Because I realize that like a lot of comics, I, I see the misfit aesthetic more in the comedy scene than I do in the rock scene in San Antonio. Because a lot of the rock scene is like more superficial, passive aggressive. In the in the comic scene, if they don't like you, they probably just roast you, and you guys can just roast each other. And I think that's kind of beautiful. <laughs> 
and I just uh, and in, in the in the com- in the comedy scene, I see a lot more people from different walks of life, and it's just, it's just cool being able just to shoot the shit like, and actually feel be uh, to actually feel comfortable to to joke around with anybody, even if other comics aren't liking like what what, what you what you're talking about. You, you guys can still have like well-respected conversations about just comedy in general mm-hmm. I, I, at least with all the with, with all the comics who are cool with you know with, with talking to other comics because just like in the music scene I'm pretty sure there are there are comics who, who who just like go in do a set and leave and and you know they don't know they 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 might see themselves as like probably just like you know better than other comics but I don't ever uh ever aspire to be that I, I just want to talk to as many comics as I can from different walks of life because I, I just love hearing what they have to say because they, they have great advice or at least great jokes mm-hmm. and it's just it's been it's been a wonderful experience so far yeah yeah it's early you're gonna hate it pretty soon <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool man anything you got anything else you wanna add no that's about it dude yeah that's about it uh, support your local comedy your local music in general uh, beware of Omnicron, if you want. <laughs> Doesn't really matter anymore, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's all a simulation. Uh, that's cool, man. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, guess you got to get to the mic. And, uh, yeah. Right, Appreciate Bye. you guys. Thank you, guys.